When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Zero Ducks Given, where Stephen Finn stood in a square in the middle of Victoria. Brilliant. How do I put you all on the screen? Look at this. Look at this. Where the fuck are you? I'm in Victoria somewhere. I'm probably not far away from yours, to be honest. I know where you are. You're by the Greenwood, that looks like. The sports bar. Yeah, hold on. Let me flip it around for you. Yeah, yeah. You're by Iberico, the tapas place in Greenwood. Yeah, I reckon we are. Look. There's Iberico around the corner. Oh, yeah. Oh, lovely. Lovely part of the world. Are you eating cereal? Yeah, I'm eating yes. cereal. He's, he, he's eating fucking cereal. He's like Jerry fucking Seinfeld. He's basically sitting there. What is it? Is it rice? What is it? Actually, what uh, is it? It's it's hazelnut crave. Oh, hazelnut crave. What to eat? <laughs> <laughs> I swear it's the best cereal in the world. No, it's not. It's M&S, absolutely M&S fucking M&S not. Rice Krispies, Rice Krispies, and Shreddy, like 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 that fucking glazed Shreddies are the best things Man, to eat. I'm going to be taking a box of M&S Chocolate Crunch to the Old Trafford Test Match. That, oh, M&S Chocolate Crunch. Catherine's fucking obsessed with that. She can't. Yeah. She can't get. She can't get by without that. Uh, it's it is delicious. But my, uh, use... my spare tire around my waist isn't that happy with that, but you have to use full fat cream. Of course, uh, yeah. genuinely, and and it is the most delicious fucking thing in the world. <laughs> Marks and Spencers with double cream. Oh fucking! Oh, man. I thought you were saying M and M's, M and S. Yeah, oh. M and S. We only do the best. You're having hazel fucking crunch, hazel fucking crunch. Uh, I mean, crave. what is that? Hazelnut crave. Trust me, hazelnut crave. I'm telling you, no, it's it an absolute isn't. game changer. That's not. That's not. That's not a cereal. That's like muesli. I mean, that is bollocks. That's not. It's got it's got chocolate in it as well. Don't you worry. It's little parcels of hazelnut. It's like Nutella in the middle. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Believe that when I see it. I'm so I've monumentally fucked this evening up, haven't I? Don't worry about it, mate. All good. 
I think Amber's currently trying to get us a cab back home. This is the best podcast intro we've ever done, to be fair. Oh, have we started already? <laughs> <laughs> well, at, at least yeah. by plying Isha and Owen with alcohol, I can, um, I can get them to agree to coming on the podcast at some stage. Great, great. Are they with you now or not? Well, they're, hold on. Let me see. They're just around the corner. I think they're trying to find another bar and I'm trying to usher Amber into a cab whilst being on Zoom, which is it's an interesting proposition. You're looking quite weird, if you don't mind me saying so. I always look weird. <laughs> I mean, coming from you, that's fucking rich. No, but your, 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 your face has gone total horse here. I mean, this is like, there's something really odd happening. Yeah. It's because my, my one bar of 3G can't handle it. Angle's not, not kind that. about your nose, Finny. Oh, honestly, <laughs> I, my nose, I'm close to getting a nose job, I think. I'd get it on the NHS because I'd get bullied so hard for it. <laughs> Just play them clips of me laying into your nose. They'll definitely let you have it for free. My mum's my called me Big Nose my entire night. Look who we've got here. Oh, uh, look yeah. at this. Hey, shaboom. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Zero Ducks Given. Uh, and thank you so much for trying to humiliate me on Twitter the other day. Uh, it's, been, it's been beautiful <laughs> knowing you. You were close. Mate. You were close. Very I close. was close. You humiliate was, yourself was, every day. He said India 400 lead by T. Yeah, and it was 368. And yeah, who it was won? Close. India. And <laughs> India won, right? So, like, you know, who was wrong here? Yeah. <laughs> Lads, I don't know what to do here. I can get in a cab and go home, or I can stay here and ply these people with alcohol. Amber's just walked into a bar. I don't, can yeah. I offer anything on this sort of connection? No. Yeah, yeah. You, you come across really, really well. I mean, slightly horse-faced, but really, really well. Why don't me and Norcross, why don't me and Norcross talk about England, India, and Finney, every now and then you just join on Zoom and introduce either Morgs or Isha and then just give us some drunken chat and then leave again. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that works for me. That entirely okay. works for me. Well, yeah. they've yeah. just walked into flight clubs, so we'll, so we'll be throwing oh, darts. I love that place. I'm so jealous. I'm, I'm just work. sat here eating cereal looking at you at flight club. <laughs> you're, not even, you're, not even, you're not even eating cereal. You're eating fucking nuts and chocolate. <laughs> That's not fucking cereal. Right. I, right. I, I might just randomly join every now and again then. Me and Dan will just try and have a serious on. chat and you can just join in with drunken bollocks every now and then. We'll just go, Oi, Finny! Oi, Finny! <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> we did say when we started this thing that we didn't want to be just another boring cricket podcast. So this seems like oh, a well, not that. Right, yeah. really, you get back to your night. Or actually, talk us, narrate to us what's happening now. Well, I, I'm in the, I'm in the entrance of Flight Club. Yeah, and everyone else has disappeared upstairs. And I thought Amber was getting us a cab. My Uber's just cancelled on me, and. Um, I'm going to go and throw some arrows. Lovely. I want to see your arrows, um, Stephen. Yeah. Well, I'm interested. Don't, <laughs> don't throw your arrows at the dartboard like you throw those cricket balls at John Simpson and you'll be all right. <laughs> hey, ooh. Well, ooh, they're, nasty. They're full and straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Right in the slot. The slot's the bullseye. I'll be fucking laughing. Yeah, but... Uh, the, <laughs> They'll basically bounce out of the wire and go for six elsewhere. They will just, they'll, 
Oh, I can't wait to bowl at you two fuckers at some stage. <laughs> just last week, we had David Bumble Lloyd on the podcast, and now we've just got Finney roaming around Flight Club half cut. <laughs> it's an upgrade, I'd say, an upgrade. I reckon so. I reckon so. Uh, right, Finney, we'll leave you to it, mate. You have some yeah, fun. Right, I'll, and we'll start I'll chatting find you a video of me throwing some arrows. Yeah, just join in whatever hey. you want, mate. Join in whatever right, you want. Sweet. Hello and welcome to Zero Ducks Given. We are going to try and start uh, some sort of autopsy on the England versus India game. And Stephen Finn, who you just heard from a few moments ago, is wandering around central London in Flight Club, which if you don't know what it is, it's a bar where you play darts whilst people bring you copious amounts of alcohol very quickly. Um, he's currently there with Owen Morgan, Isha Guhar and a few friends. So what could possibly go wrong? So Finney's going to chime in occasionally uh, whilst Daniel and I try and dissect a disappointing England defeat against India. Disappointing for a few reasons. Um, disappointed because as completely biased, the opposite of impartial England fans here. Um, disappointing because England lost the game. Disappointing because it means they can't win this test series. Mainly disappointing, I found anyway, as a cricket fan, because we were heading into a final day where all four results were possible and we were heading into a second session of the day where all four results were possible and about an hour later, there was only going to be one winner realistically and that was India, who it has to be said, were really bloody good. Sometimes you get angry and at England, uh, certainly a lot in recent years. And yes, they were pretty ordinary at times in this test match. But India were pretty magnificent. 99 runs behind after the first innings. 466 they posted in the third innings. Rohit Sharma, who's been threatening to get a big score, finally got 127. Uh, Pajara's returning to some form, which is a worry for the rest of the world. He got 60. And uh, Takur, who was a breath of fresh air in this test match, got another half century in the second innings as well. And um, England's bowlers, it has to say, looked pretty ordinary at times. And, um, you know, it, we talk a lot about English conditions and Broad and Anderson and, oh, you know, 80 mile an hour seamers. But the fact is, of 80 mile an hour seamers, when the ball stopped seeming, suddenly at times they didn't look very threatening at all. Um, let's get into it. Uh, first of all, Daniel Norcross, India were bloody good, weren't they? They were absolutely magnificent. Essentially, there were two test matches that were played during this match. There was an English test match for the first two days when the pitch was had moisture in it. And England's bowlers were able to do what they do, come from a high angle and bang it in, hit a length, allow natural variation, bit of wobble seam, cause terrible crises for the Indian batters. And then the pitch turned into really a, a sort of subcontinental good track or an Australian track. And in those conditions, when England's bowlers are crucial bowlers, Anderson and Robinson have played three test matches back-to-back -back pretty much. They're now playing a fourth test match. They were trying to bang out a length on a pitch that wasn't helping them. There was no variation. There was nothing they could do. The Indians, on the other hand, who are used to this, their seamers are magnificent at this. Siraj, yes, Takur, superb, but Bumrah, what a performance. I mean, in that session after lunch, six overs, two for six, he broke the back of England's batting. He got rid of Pope, he got rid of Bairstow. He bowled 40 bowled at the stumps. 
he used the old ball. Um, Virat Kohli didn't take the new ball. He was so happy with the way that finally there was some reverse swing and it was working for his bowlers. And those bowlers were bowling on a pitch that was conducive to them on the last day. It didn't look like that when England were bowling. England's bowlers looked pedestrian on those pitches because they have always looked pedestrian on those kind of pitches. And that's why England keep on looking for the likes of Ollie Stone, Jopper Archer, um, you know, the, the Mark Wood, quick bowlers. That's what England need on those kind of surfaces. And the surface didn't help them on the last day. But it was magnificent to watch. I mean, if you've been there at the Oval and you heard the atmosphere and you heard the way that the Indian supporters just like belted out their excitement. It was a magnificent feeling. And it was a magnificent test match, you know? It was a test match of two halves, oh. which England won the first half and lost the second half. And there's no disgrace in doing that. I, I do want to ask you about the England team selection that you touched on there, because for all the talk of no Ashwin, well, India did pretty well without him and they continue to do quite well without him in this series as well. I personally do still think he should have played. However, Virat Kohli will point at the result and say, what do you know? And he'd be right. Um, I do worry. I'll, I'll look at the England team and it's easy to say this after time, okay? But with Moen Ali in the side, who is a little bit bits and pieces, Moen Ali, he's much better than a part-time spinner, but he's probably not a full-time spinner. He's got a test bowling average of just under 37 uh, Chris Wokes, brilliant cricket, had a brilliant chest, test match. Craig Overton, you you feel like the, he maybe is getting selected a little bit because we don't trust ourselves to score enough runs. And Craig Overton might get you 20, 25. He's a little bit bits and pieces. Um, and I just worry that, you know, you look at the rubbish England teams of the 90s where they would fill them with bits and pieces cricketers just because they were desperately trying to find some runs from somewhere. Um, it's easy to say now. And Craig Overton was obviously brilliant the last test match. But I look at how average at times Anderson, Robertson, Overton looked. A Mahmood, who was called up. A Wood, who was called up. Um, it, was, it was crying out for them at times in, the, in that third innings as India piled on 466. And we can't go to Australia with an attack like that. Yeah, well, there's, there's an element of that. But there's also an element of, of actually finding variations. You know, English bowlers are brought up on pitches that continue to give them assistance. And so they tend to try to bang out a length, a little bit like Glenn McGrath, you know. I mean, you're not going to criticise Ollie Robinson, who's taken 28-odd wickets in five test matches. I mean, he's had a fantastic start to his career. And you can see him doing the same thing and banging out that length in Australia and actually be very successful in Australia. The problem England have got is that they play in their own conditions, yes, but their own conditions are starting to change. They're not the same conditions that you always see. So grounds that have fantastic drainage, over, the oval is one of them. It started green and it started to move and it did all the things that they're expecting themselves to have to do. And then it turned into a different pitch. Indian bowlers are used to doing that. That's how Indian seamers apply their trade. They play their trade on, on wickets that aren't remotely like Indian uh, English wickets. So you saw slower balls. You saw, you see an invention from Brummer. We saw it at Lords when he came round the wicket ball, a slower cutter. Today, he instantly took the pitch out. He thought, the pitch is not going to help me. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go fast and at the stumps. And he produced his fastest spell, the fastest spell in this season. And 
you know, we talk about bowlers getting into the red zone. Bumrah assessed that pitch absolutely perfectly. You Sometimes you've just got to give kudos to the oppo. Mm. And in this case, the Indian bowling attack has been brought up on pitches that they they can't just bang out a length like English bowlers do, like Robinson and Anderson and Broad have done. They have to have variations, and they use their variations absolutely brilliantly. I mean, it was scintillating cricket in that second session today. It was still a flat deck. We've got to like put this in perspective. Hamid and Burns took him into 100 without loss, and they made the pitch look dead. And then Bumrah and Jadeja pulling inventively into the rough, over the wicket to the right-handers, and then Siraj and Takur. Takur, I mean, what a, what a magnificently... We talk a bit... We talk about cricketers who can make things happen. And in England, we talk about Sam Curran. Takur, two half-centuries, both of them absolutely vital in the context of the game. Mm. And then crucial wickets, you know, getting burned with one that just nibbled away a bit when the ball was never looking like doing anything. You've just got to give credit sometimes to the opposition that they use their brains, they use their intelligence, they use the experience they've had from playing on those kind of pitches. And English bowlers perhaps don't do that quite as much. They don't play on those pitches quite as much. Mm. So what we saw on days two and three was England just continuing with a, with a plan has worked for them time and time again. And on that wicket, it didn't work for them. Mm. And yeah. it's simple as that. No, it's, it is as simple as that. And you're right. It's that the the Indian bowlers can't afford the luxury that these English bowlers have when they play in England of just boring batsmen out because eventually one's going to nibble a little bit and find the outside edge. It is... I, I was looking at the county scores and it was, I thought, quite telling of where English cricket's at the moment that as England struggled to take wickets against India and India put on 466 in the third innings, as that was happening in the county game, there was wickets falling all over the place because counties have been, in recent years, preparing green seamers because they obviously care about winning games of cricket, which is not their fault. And so whilst England were just running in and bowling, you know, what looked pretty ordinary at times, um, on the same day, five county teams were bowled out for 150, which kind of sums up where English cricket is because in those games, there was loads, the pitches were green and they suited the seamer. And the counties have got games to win, so obviously they're going to create result pitches and it's a four-day game. So we're never going to produce bowlers that know how to bowl on flat wickets like Bumrah because there's no reward in that, really. There's no reward in really slower balls in the county game because you never really need them. You need to put the ball constantly on a length like Craig Overton, who's a very good county cricketer. And I just feel like at the moment, the county game, which let's be honest, you know, counties probably like to think of their, their role being much more than this and I appreciate their history and their fan base. But essentially, English counties are there to produce a strong England national team. That is really their most important job. They may hate me for saying that, and they're allowed to hate me for saying that, but that is the fact of the matter. Um, and I just feel like the game is the English game at the moment is set up for the test team to fail a lot of the time. And I think what happens is, and I've said this in an earlier podcast, is every time we lose a big series away from home, people start to worry about the test team. 
then we take teams back to England. We get them in English conditions, broaden out of some run through them. We, we, we win a test series and everybody goes, oh, what we're worried about, England are great. Um, and so maybe in the same way that when England, you know, had some horrendous performances in white ball tournaments a few years ago, there was a watershed moment where they completely changed the way they were going to go out to, go about it and won the Cricket World Cup. Maybe finally not being able to just rely on winning at home because whatever happens this summer, we've lost to New Zealand and we will not be beating India. It's unheard of for England to not win a test series at home all summer. Um, this, I think, has to be a watershed moment for the Red Bull side in English cricket. We we have to take this on board. We can't just bury our heads in the sand and hope next summer we'll come back and it will be better. Surely, Dan? Uh, well, I'm not sure, actually. I'm not sure. Um, because I think next year we'll play against New Zealand and South Africa. And I think we'll probably go through the same conniptions again. We'll probably try to make pitches that work for our seamers. New Zealand are a very, very good side and they'll probably quite enjoy those conditions, actually. And uh, England will struggle to, to overcome that side because New Zealand are very, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, you, every country makes pitches that work for them. When it, Let's not forget, England went to India and they they won a test at Chennai with on an absolutely flat deck. They won the toss and winning the toss won them the game. Joe Root won in the game. After that, the pitches were prepared to spin, and but not just to spin, but to spin with fast spin, quick spin, which Indians are very good at. Jadeja, quick, he's a quick spinner. Throws it fast into the rough. Aksha Patel, fast into the pitch. So every country has their own conditions, and they will always try to maximise those conditions. They'll try to make the best of what they've got, they will inevitably do that. Maybe cricket's got a problem with that. Home sides have tended to win. Let's not forget what India have done here is that they've adapted to English conditions and they've adapted really well. They've been the better team in all four test matches, for my money. Even at Headingley, they went into it as the better team. They played badly. They could have won at Trent Bridge. They did win at Lords. They have won at the Oval. You don't have to be a genius to look at the two sides and go, well, India have got the better batters and they've got the better bowlers. We as England fans are obviously looking at this and thinking, oh, well, if you get 100 from Pope and if you get something from Root and if Anderson does what he does and Robertson does what he does, then, well, we can win the game. But yes, you can. That's what sport is. That's what sport is. But the fact is that India are just a better side. And I love the fact that they've broken the hegemony of away and home and away and home because that's the way cricket has been for too long. This Indian team could be a team for the next decade. You, you watch this side now and you see the intensity with which they play. You see the brilliance with which they adapt to circumstance. And it's not really about the batting. Indians are obsessed with batting. It's about the bowling. If you're going to win matches, you've got to take 20 wickets. That's what the great West Indies side did. The great Australian side did. This Indian side is on the cusp of doing that. And it could be that what we're witnessing now is one of the great test sides. And hey. frankly, I, I love watching it develop. You know, it, I, as an England fan, I don't care about the fact that England lost that much. 
I'm looking at a side that on a flat deck somehow prized out 10 wickets like that with the intensity of their play, the inventiveness of their bowling, the genius, actually, of the way they went about it today. It was superb. I, I, I completely agree. I don't want to take anything away from India, who, whatever happens, even if England by some miracle win the, the final test, India have beaten Australia in Australia and have certainly not lost to England in England. I mean, that is, as you say, in recent years, any result away from home against anyone is a good result. Um, so to go and probably, you know, it probably doesn't get much tougher than Australia. And even though England aren't at their strongest at the moment, beating England in England. I know that we've lost to New Zealand and India this summer, who are two brilliant sides, the two best official test sides in the world. However, I just feel like the county game at the moment is never going to produce anything for English cricket for the test side. Oh, here we go. Now, this is what the people wanted to see. Well, if if, if anyone is... Anyone, if anyone's going to tell us about the county game, it's going to be a man who was in the county game. Yeah, he is. So look at this. Where, where, what's he doing now? He's, 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 he's still walking through a series of, of lights. It's like he's in the same place going round and round and round. So I think Stephen Finn. Oh, there's Owen Morgan. Hello, Owen, sir. How are you, mate? Oh, there's Isha. Hello, Isha. Oh, How are we doing? All right. Look at that. Who's winning the darts, Owen and Isha? Who's winning the darts? Uh, <laughs> that is so. Let me we can hear you. So, let me describe what's going on right now. Isha Guha is currently throwing some darts at a dartboard. Stephen Finn just had a go and was shockingly poor. Uh, and I, I want to see Owen Morgan's effort because I reckon there's nothing that man can't do, basically. Boys, I'm as good at darts. As I am a bowling at the death. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, everyone's in danger in that bar then. I tell everyone to duck and cover Honestly, them, my word. People are asking for helmets around here. <laughs> Owen's just told me I'm not bowling at the death. He said, you're all right, mate. Take a bloke. Look at this. This is absolute chaos. So we're playing killer and I'm currently... I'm currently a killer... I'm looking to wipe people out. Yeah. Um, but I haven't wiped anyone out yet. I've, but I've also been, because I'm tight, I buy a round of drinks once a year, and this is my one round for the year, so I've been sent to the bar. So I'm. Can we listen to your order? I want to hear what everybody's having. Um, uh, yeah, can I get a gin and tonic, please? Um, a gin and tonic. Because I'm tight. Single, single yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was the cheapest Sing. stuff you got. I mean, yeah. that. I mean, I'm sorry. That is the fucking moment of the year. That is the fucking moment of the year. You, you just, it, 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 that's not for you, obviously. That's for Isha. Yeah. You got a single. We got prosecco. prosecco. No prosecco. That's for Isha. Yeah, that's uh, for Isha. It is actually yeah. for Isha. Yeah, the prosecco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Heineken for Owen. Heineken. Heineken. Yeah, Bob Standard. A gin and tonic. Um, and a pint of ethanol as well, please. And, uh, and obviously, because I'm a I'm a North London funky. Okay. I I drink yeah. neck oil because I, I, oh. I like local breweries. Oh, you're not one of those. You don't drink craft beer, do you? Oh, just when God. I couldn't think I could think any less of you. Oh. Absolutely, I drink craft beer. 
Oh, you, you hipster. Your, your, your guts, your guts are going to be an absolutely bloody mess after this. Drop it. Turn around nothing put, arrows here. Honestly. I'll talk you through. Standing up, bear in mind, he's on the pro marker for oh, some yeah. reason. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea why. Finny, you can move forward when you like. Rookie. And zoom in. That's a treble 13 that makes no difference. And Killer, he's aiming for 18 to eliminate his partner. And he's eliminated one of her vouchers out of the three. So well done, Finney. Might end up really badly. I'll hand you back, lads. Thanks, Owen. Cheers, mate. Why are you targeting Amber? Why? Why? I can't believe you. So let me explain how the game works, Killer. Finney has to aim yeah. at somebody's number and hit it to try and kill them out of the game. And he's going after Amber. Go after Owen Morgan. No, I want to play a game again at some stage. <laughs> he's too good. I never imagined Morgan being any good at darts, I'm pretty honest with you. Because I've never trusted a lefty. I mean, I've watched a lot of darts in my life and, and uh, a lefty has never been any good at them. Can you, uh, Finney... Can you uh, can you get more to throw some darts? Because I'm convinced he's absolutely shit at it. No, he's good. Show me. Let me see. I want to see more. <laughs> okay, let me. Darts. I'll get you for his game. Hold on. I've still yeah, carried because because the left lefties now. are rubbish at darts. Honestly, they they always are. It's the only thing lefties can't do is dart. I'm convinced of this. Well, he's about to prove you prove you either very right or very wrong here. So so commentate <laughs> yeah. for us, Finney. Put your TMS training to good use, mate. He's standing way too close for a start. I can, I can see. It's me again, but he's right-handed, so you can't slag him off for being a left-hander anymore. Right, I'm a, lads, I'm going to have to go here. Yeah. We'll leave you to it, Finney. Give him hell, mate. <laughs> what absolute shambles that is was that? absolute chaos, wasn't it? I can only apologise for the shambles that was a drunk Stephen Finn and Owen Morgan attempting darts with Isha Guha and all their respective partners as well. Um, well, look, we've we basically, we've poured over the fact that India are really quite good. Um, I kind of yeah. I kind of want to slag off England. I don't think they played their best cricket at times. I thought, obviously, Milan getting run out didn't help. Hamid turned didn't it? in. I mean, <laughs> Hamid <laughs> turned Jadeja's ball into a quite good one. I thought Ollie Pope made Boomer's ball look much better than it actually was. But India were very good for let's not, you know, not just their bowling today. They're 466 when the pressure was on in the third innings. Uh, Rohit Sharma was was a joy to watch. And I said that last week on this that it's frustrating how good our white ball cricketers are. When you watch Rohit Sharma, you just wish some of those guys like Bairstow could find a way to be good in red ball cricket as well. Because Bairstow is arguably, one of, well, he arguably certainly is the best one of the best white ball batsmen in the world. And I think he's sometimes the most consistent white ball batsman in the world. He scores runs for fun. So I'd love to see him look at Rohit Sharma and go, why can he do it? Uh, and I can't. But basically, India were, were very, very good. Um, the other thing that people have been tweeting us saying that they really wanted to talk about was uh, Stephen Finn moving to Sussex. But we'll have to wait until mm. next week to properly lay into him for the scorecard today. Um, we mentioned it a little bit earlier on when we were chatting to a drunk Stephen Finn wandering around Victoria. But uh, Middlesex who have barely scored a run all year, 400 for two uh, in 96 overs against Sussex, 
Uh, Sam Robson, who Stephen Finn is always championing for an opening berth back in the England team. 192 not out. Um, final test match, uh, Norcross. Let's look ahead because yep. you know there is still a chance of in England drawing this series. Final test match. Is there anyone that you would like to see come into the side or do you think you give this 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 lot another go? The the one, I mean, the batting, it's a problem, isn't it? And it has been for a very long time. The bowling, they all looked absolutely dead on their feet at times in that third innings. And yeah. Anderson and Robinson have bowled 160 overs each, but I don't also know if we can afford to drop them. So um, what, what would you do, genuinely, Norcross? Well, what you do is you ask the bowlers to be honest about how they feel because Anderson, I think Anderson will be honest about how he feels. He gave an interview to the BBC in which he said, you know, when he was asked, you know, are you going to play at Old Trafford? And he said, well, let's get through this game first. Anderson is running on empty. Uh, Robinson is running on empty. It's very similar to England against... Uh, sorry, Australia against India, where Australia continued with the same bowling lineup, coming Stark, Hazelwood, Lyon, and they were absolutely exhausted by the end of the last test because our tours now are really quite weird. I mean, the back-to-back nature of these test matches, there's one week between the second and third test and every other test is back-to-back. So you're really putting an enormous amount of strain on the England bowling unit, have they got broad? And at the start of the summer, let's not forget, you know, there was an imagination that there would have been Archer, Broad, Stone, Wood, Stokes, Wokes, Anderson, not to mention Robinson. So there was a there was a feeling that they could be able to rotate. India have rotated. They rotated in this game. And they, they might well rotate the next game. I think I think you'll see Shami perhaps come back. You might see Sharma come back. We'll wait and see. England don't have that luxury because they don't have any fit bowlers because circumstances have absolutely destroyed their plans. Broad going out is an enormous problem. I mean, you know, he is a massive bowler for England and he's not there. He's not available. He's not been available for basically the entire series. So Anderson hasn't had the opportunity to take a test match off. Neither is Robinson. Wood, I think, will come back in at Old Trafford. I think there's no doubt about that, probably for Overton. But what do they do about Anderson and Robinson? They've got to win this test match. How are they going to win it? They they want to have their best bowlers there. India have got a little bit more of a luxury. England do not. Mm -hmm. So, look, time will tell. Um, My view is, and it's not just you know, because I'm a, a miserableist and a Cassandra, injure a better side with a better well, better squad. You've got a better squad. You've got a bigger, broader, better squad. And it always struck me they were going to be the victors in this series. And I expect them to win 3-1. I expect them to win at Old Trafford. Uh, and that's not a disaster for England. You know, as an England fan, you have to sit there going, oh God, this is an absolute nightmare. What's happened to English cricket because of it? It's that India are a really good test team. They're in the World Test Championship final for a reason. Um, They've got depth in their batting. They've got depth in their bowling. And England don't. England are a team in transition. What they do is hard to know, isn't it? 
I mean, when you when you're losing that many players through injury, and they really are, they're losing Archer, Stone, Stokes. Those are massive, massive and problems. Not through injury, but Butler as well not available. I'm, and you know, yeah. you, you 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 are correct. I mean, that is a, a huge point to mention here that England are playing, you know, possibly the best team in the world at the moment. They're one of two, certainly, um, without Stokes, Archer and Stuart Broad, three of their biggest players of the last few years. Um, and in Stokes and Broad, you know, two absolute superstars over a very long period of time. And it would have been a tough series, you know, with them, let alone without them. Um, I don't know what you do. I really don't know what the solution is. Uh, I think Mark Wood will definitely come back in. I think the Anderson, if he thinks he can do it, which I always think he'll probably say he can because he wants to take as many test wickets as he can. The good thing about James Anderson is even when he's not necessarily looking as threatening as the others, he always, always keeps it tight. You know, even in that, um, even in that third innings when the, the other bowlers were looking a bit easier to hit, he went at 2.3 in that innings as well. He always, always gives you um, a bit of control which I don't think the others do if they're, if they're running on empty. Uh, Chris Wokes coming back in was a breath of fresh air and he's a brilliant cricketer, especially in English conditions. In fact, I saw that his stats are much better than both from Stokes and Flintoffs with bat and ball in England. So that's how good a player he is in this country. So him coming back was a breath of fresh air and he's not played much cricket, so hopefully he's mentally and physically fresh. But really, um, I do not envy the England selectors ahead of this next test because it's uh, it's a tight turnaround and they are the walking wounded at the moment in that England dressing room, uh, mentally and physically. And you're right, I don't think losing at home to India is a disgrace. They're a very good side. They beat Australia in Australia, which is no, no mean feat. Um, I think the frustration for England fans over the last couple of years has been that we keep seeing similar performances. Um, not just the fact that we don't score enough runs. Ironically, we finally got some top-order runs in this test match out of Burns and Mead, and then everybody else couldn't score any runs. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the other disappointment is in two test matches now, the two test matches England have lost in this series, they've had it in, they've been in control at points, at very pivotal moments. Um, and I think that's a frustration. And there's a little bit of a lack of ruthlessness at times with this England team, um, which I think comes a little bit from inexperience, but also... This Indian team are com the complete opposite. Well, they are ruthless. See, if you show you a see, bit of weakness, they will seize on it. You see, that's absolutely key. I mean, so you've, you've got to allow for your opponents to play well. And they played really well. I mean, Michael Ball made a terrifically good point today. It was that England was superb when it was an English wicket. On that first day, Root called right, and then he put India in. People wondered whether it was the right thing to do. He was absolutely spot on. You make the most of those conditions so you can get as, head of, as far ahead of the game as you can possibly do. But the moment that pitch flattened out, it required different skills, you know, and the, and the Indian bowlers have got those skills. I'm not sure that every other country's bowlers have got those skills, but you've got to, you've got to just take your hat off sometimes. Sometimes, like I watched a half an hour stretch of cricket in which India, between 1.50 this afternoon and 2.20 this afternoon, were absolutely magnificent. Kohli was magnificent as captain. Jadeja was superb. Bumrah was on another scale. It was superb cricket to watch. And when a side wins a game, occasionally, you just sort of like take a step back and say, how did they do that? Were they better? Were they brilliant? 
And as an England fan, you've watched it time and time again. You've seen Wazoo and Wacker. You've seen Donald and Pollock. You've seen Ambrose and Walsh. You've seen great partnerships just run through England sides. And it's not because England's cricketers aren't very good. It's because occasionally another side is able to is allowed to play brilliantly. And what happened today was that India on a flat deck played absolutely brilliantly. That is that is what I saw today. And I think I hope that everyone who is at the Oval today saw England not a bad side. They're a decent side. They'll do, they've got some good players. They'll do well against teams that aren't as good as India. But the intensity, the passion, the purposefulness of the way India played today was absolutely magnificent. They tried stuff. They had different plans. They had inventiveness in the way they bowled. And England didn't have the same on day four. So that's what won it, you know? Um, very, very quickly, because we do have to wrap up. But um, so predictions for the final test, Norcross, as quickly as possible. <laughs> what, what What's going to happen in it? India will win. In, India will win. They'll win the Series 3-1. They're, they're the better side. England will uh, struggle manfully. They'll do quite well. At moments, I think Pope will score some runs. I think Root will score some runs. Um, but ultimately, India... England's bowlers are running on empty and India would now walk away with the series uh, well obviously I will always be a glass half full Englishman and I think we will win the toss bat first finally put on some first big first innings runs and win the test and draw two all and uh, you can mock me when I'm painfully wrong next week I will Daniel love to see you uh, Finney <laughs> if, if you're listening to this I hope you got home safe uh, but right now Finney is wandering around Throwing some darts aimlessly. Bit, are you worried about it? Um, he's a big worried. boy. He's a big yeah. boy. Plus, you yeah, know, I mean, it was getting Finney. messy towards the end. It was getting messy towards the end. Oh, I think he's going to be in a world of trouble tomorrow morning, but uh, it's not my hangover, so I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. <laughs> Daniel, lovely to see you, mate. And you, darling. <laughs> Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.